재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul, 98.7 in Gwangju, 93.7 in Yeosu. We're all about tapping into the Korean culture and mindset here, and the best way we know how to do that is to listen to what Koreans are saying to each other on mainstream or on social media. It's a little feature called Culture Pulse. We do it twice a week, and on Thursdays, we have Natasha So on the journey. Hey, Natasha. Good morning, Kat. So, TOEIC. is a big theme for young people nowadays in terms of demonstrating to potential employers that, uh, hey, I've got the English language, uh, you can hire me, and I'll be competent. Um, It's an achievement, but somehow it doesn't factor in as strongly as it should to so-called spec, right? Right. So students are in dilemma. You know, it takes time and money to sit these TOEIC tests, but it doesn't really help them embellish their resumes or help them get a good job. Why would it not? Why not list right at the top, hey, my TOEIC score is this and that? I guess it's just a problem of overinflation. Everyone, almost everyone has a TOEIC score now, Uh and it's the score, the average score has just gotten up and up. Okay. So it doesn't mean as much as it used to. It doesn't seem like a big deal. Right. Um, Spec, we use that term, uh, it's short for specifications. It's this whole list of stats and numbers and achievements that you aim to dazzle an employer with. Um, So the fact that you've got a high TOEIC score is... kind of run-of-the-mill nowadays? Is that basically what you're saying? Not as impressive, yeah. You had, I saw you post on your Facebook page some crazy high TOEIC score at one point. Uh, Was that the TOEIC? That was, TOEIC was one of them. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was impressed. So, um, I don't know, I guess uh, I'm not as jaded as your average uh, Korean employer. Right, so TOEIC, if we just go back to what it is, it's an English proficiency test, right, as you mentioned. It stands for Test of English for International Communication, and it's administered by the American organization, ETS, which also makes the GRE and TOEFL. Now, last year, a firm called Uni Tomorrow Research Laboratory for the 20s conducted a survey. They questioned 500 university students who completed seven or more semesters which so-called specs they were working on to get Uh a job. And the number one response was a TOEIC score. 73% of respondents chose this followed by GPA, grade point average, and qualifications. So we know that many college students are working on their TOEIC scores, but the overwhelming feeling among them is, what for? There used to be a time when you even got accepted into university based solely on an excellent TOEIC score. But nowadays, with everyone's resumes becoming longer and longer, a good TOEIC score has become something that doesn't really give you an edge over other job seekers... but might still give you a disadvantage if you don't have one. Okay, so you got to check the box, but it's not necessarily going to do you that good. Let me just get straight in my mind. The TOEIC, Test of English for International Communication, is is that a, a higher test than the TOEFL, the Test of English as a Foreign Language? Uh, in my opinion, TOEIC is easier to score well on compared to the TOEFL. Compared to the or TOEFL. Or the TEPS, which is administered by the Seoul National University. Does the TOEFL still have a little muscle when it comes to spec on your resume? Uh, It does, but TOEIC is used more widely in Korea. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so to take the TOEIC, uh, how much does that cost? 
Well, the costs go up every now and then. Uh, right now, it's 44,500 won, mm. so around $40. Mm. It might not sound like a lot at first, but when you add the money spent on books and courses to study for the test, the costs quickly build up. And also, many students here in Korea, they will sit the test numerous times until they get the score they want. Yeah, countless TOEIC books. Whenever I browse in the Korean section, a stack up to the ceiling of TOEIC books. And mm-hmm. actually, those books are a good way to sort of reverse engineer study in Korean. To study ah, right, they right. They tell you what people actually say in Korean. Uh-huh. What do people out in the online community have to th- say about the TOEIC? Well, one person wrote... We pore over TOEIC books and online lectures, but none of us have the time or energy to focus on improving our actual English skills. Mm. There's just too many other specs we have to work on simultaneously. TOEIC scores give companies an easy way to line applicants up when they can't be bothered to look any deeper. After all, they're only looking to hire someone for a few years and then toss them back out. And finally, can't the government make its own standardized English proficiency test? ETS is registered as a non-profit, but really, does anyone believe that? You can see that they're out to suck as much money out of desperate students as possible. Why are we feeding a greedy foreign company? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's sort of a pitchforks and torches uh, view of the testing service. It is, but it is uh, quite a unanimous feeling. Yeah, there's quite a lot of backlash against ETS that they're a money-grabbing company. Oh, really? Mm. And the fact that they're foreign-owned doesn't help. Okay. That's an interesting idea, a native, uh, a a homegrown, homespun English test. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there's uh, some entrepreneur out there listening now that will partner with the government and disrupt, disintermediate the TOEIC. Let's move on to topic number two. It's hot. And uh, the poor security guards that have to sit outside or in a little metal or glass box uh, are sometimes suffering the most. They are. You know, when it comes to apartment security guards, it seems that every day we wake up to another story about rude residents abusing their apartment security guards. Mm. But fortunately, this week, we have a positive story. So in an apartment complex in Suwon City of Gyeonggi-do province, someone put up a poster that roughly reads, Our apartment security guards have a higher workload than the average apartment guard. They're in charge of more household units and spend a lot of time sorting recyclables. During the summertime, they're covered in sweat, so much so that they need to take a shower. The poster then went on to suggest that residents donate money to install an air conditioning unit in the guard's room. I thought you were going to say to install a shower. But uh, (laughs) uh, air conditioning makes more sense. So that's a nice thing. This is obviously a concerned resident that put up that poster or what? A concerned resident, 38-year-old Shin Chan-soo. Now, in a phone interview with Han Gyore, he said that he wasn't comfortable seeing elderly security guards struggle with the summer heat. So he did a quick internet search and found that a small wall-mounted AC unit could be purchased for between three to $400. Hmm. Shin, at first, he had suggested during a residence meeting that the units be purchased with the apartment's maintenance fund. But some people opposed, and that's when he decided to make this poster asking residents to chip in voluntarily. And within the first four days of the poster going up, 10 residents came forward, generating $100. And I'm sure the fund is slowly building up. I think it's a legitimate maintenance issue because, I mean, there's the health issue for the poor, usually older uh, gentleman uh, mm-hmm. that's serving as the security guard. But it's also a... Um, 
it's an alertness issue. If you want your security guard actually to have his eyes open and being alert for possible threats and things and not be in a coma in his oh, right. uh, little overheated box. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many t- when it's boiling hot, don't you tend to fall asleep and yeah, nod yeah. off? So I think it's an alertness issue, too. What are people saying online about this? One person wrote, I've always felt the same. Every time I go to my apartment security's room to pick up a parcel, it's boiling in there. Mm. The room is tiny and there's only a small fan blowing humid air. It never occurred to me that I could do something about it, but Shin Chan-su's poster inspired me to do a similar thing for my apartment. Another person, this is a wonderful idea. Let's remember that your security guard is someone else's precious dad. And finally, our apartment complex did the same thing. We installed AC and heating units for our guards earlier this year. It's good to see people taking care of each other. Hey, here's a nutty little idea. What? How about the gigantic conglomerate that runs the apartment building put yeah. in an AC for the security guard? There you go. There's some thinking. <laughs> Topic number three, netizens discussing the legality surrounding electric personal transporters, which I see more of all the time. These people, they're like segways or they're like um, things that don't have the handle that the segway does. Right, right. So they're segways or hoverboards mm-hmm. or the self-balancing unicycles where it's just one wheel and with two Foot yeah, holders. it's like a little tire well, and right, they just right. kind of go, yeah, those are awesome. Or they look awesome. They, I've rode one, and they're really, really fun. So they're increasingly popular, becoming a popular mode of transport. And, you know, if you're walking downtown in Seoul, it's not hard anymore to find at least one or two people using them. Sure. Not just for fun, but to get to places of work or, you know, to get from point A to B. Now, the question is, where are you supposed to use it? On the pedestrian footpath? Or on the road. So let's look at the regulations. Okay. According to the Road Traffic Act, electro- electric personal transporters are classified as a type of low-power motorcycle or a moped. So this means that they can't be used on sidewalks and they should only be used on car roads. Well, then again, scooters and motorcycles aren't supposed to be on sidewalks either. Exactly. But look around Seoul, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is that to use these transporters on the roads, the manufacturers need to certify that their products have met certain road safety requirements. But at the moment, manufacturers have been exempt from this, putting the onus on the end user to make a judgment call. So it's kind of uh, neither here nor there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're not certified to be on the road yet, but according to the letter of the regulation, you're too powerful to be on the sidewalks. Mm -hmm. So you can't really be anywhere. Anywhere, including parks. A lot of people use them in parks. Sure. Where do you usually see them? Are they on the road or on the sidewalk? They're on the road, aren't they? In the parks, you mean? Just anecdotally, when you see people riding these things. I've seen them mostly on the footpaths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes on the roads, too. You know what I see a lot is those, um, they look like uh, push scooters, you know, the kind that kids ride, but they have an electric motor. So, Mm -hmm. um, but this is a totally different category. Parks, uh, so can you get away with riding them through a park or you're going to get stuck? Not even in the parks, because according to the whole city Han River Park usage ordinance, it's forbidden to veer off off-road on a powered vehicle with two or more wheels, which includes these electric personal transporters. And if you do, there's a 50,000 won fine. So, you know, I think it's a very similar situation to the recreational drones. You know, they're becoming increasingly Mm. popular. They're sold online, Mm -hmm. offline. It's not illegal to buy them. Yep. But if you look at the law, it's actually illegal to use them It's almost impossible to fly a drone 
in many places in Seoul. That's why they're setting up designated drone parts, Mm -hmm. right? So it'll be similar probably with these scooters. They'll have designated areas. Let's just quickly uh, get some comments. Mm -hmm. Non-users had a lot to say. They said, those things are so dangerous on the footpath. They're electric, so they creep up behind pedestrians silently and whiz past. I swear I'm going to witness an accident one of these days. Yeah. And also, it's a shame that Korean laws aren't keeping pace with technology. Many other countries, including Australia, the States and Japan, have already written up Segway-specific clauses. Koreans are fast with developing and adopting technology, but slow with setting up the necessary legal framework. Interesting. The other thing is that these things use ginormous lithium-ion batteries. So uh, that's a lot of power. And in other countries, they've been known to, oh, light on fire every now and then because they generate so much heat. Ah. They've got so much electricity in them. So we'll see what the legal framework uh, that comes to be looks like. Natasha, thank you very much for this edition of Culture Pulse. Thank you for having me. And Koreascape returns right after this. (laughs) 